Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's right. It is the All City All NFL Podcast, the Meat Locker. Brian Baldinger, I'm Anthony Gargano, Baldy and Cuz, and it's uh, we've reached Friday, Baldy, the NFC Championship game, the AFC Championship game, always the big deal on Sunday. No football on Saturday, which makes me cry. But then we have the two big games on Sunday, so I know you're excited. I'm excited because uh, I think I'm heading to Baltimore for this uh, AFC championship game. So, um, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's we're going to see some, you know, we're going to see the best players in the biggest spot. And we're going to see just how they perform, you know. And, and so this is what we built for, for 21 straight weeks. We built yeah. to this, to the final four. So it's like the final four in college basketball. It's like the final four here. Here we yeah. are. And I remember, like, sometimes, you know, we have, we're always asked about these predictions back in, you know, June and July as the season starts to get. And you kind of, all right, who's going to be the final four? You know, you always kind of start, can the Super Bowl teams return? You know, can the Eagles and the Chiefs, like, how do you bet against them after what we saw in the Super Bowl? And here's the Chiefs back here again, you know, and – you know, and when Lamar was going through his contract uh, situation last year, people thought, ah, you know, you're going to pay him, but he's not a, you know, he's not a clutch player. He's not a playoff guy. Well, here he is playing better than he's ever played. And then the Detroit Lions, they get the opening game of the season on Thursday night on NBC against the world champions. And they go into Kansas City and win. And you're like, yeah, you got to take this team for real. And, and, and then, remember the yeah. excitement from last year, right? The excitement started at Lambeau, right, where they win at Lambeau. And that's kind of when it started to look. And you went, oh, my God, like the Lions could be something. And that's kind of when it all began for them. Well, it's they won eight of their last ten games last year. They yeah. knocked Green Bay out of the playoffs yeah. by winning up at Lambeau. And so you go, okay, well – you know, last year's last year does it carry over to this year? You know, and, you know, they, they make some changes, new running backs, new running back room. They add some pieces defensively through the draft. And you're like, and then you go, okay, do you believe in a coach? And it's kind of hard not to believe in a coach um, on any level. It's hard not to believe in him. And so they've got probably as hot a coordinator prospect in Ben Johnson as there is, like Dan Campbell's building his own tree. You know, um, you know, maybe Ben Johnson is the first limb off of that tree right now. So like, there's just so much. You know, and then San Francisco, you go, well, if Brock Purdy doesn't get his elbow smashed to pieces on the you know seventh play of the game last year against Philly, does San Francisco go yeah. to the Super Bowl? And so here's Brock Purdy healed up, back, starting every game, all that stuff. And here they are on the doorstep. So, like, you, it, it's kind of – it's just always fun to follow these teams and how they got here and where they started from. And here they are. It's kind of hard to root against any of these teams. And then you go, really, none of them are flukes. They all deserve to be here. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll get into the storylines behind both team, both games on Sunday in a moment, but first we get some house cleaning to do. Um, Hey, before we get into, because we got to talk about Raheem Morris going to the Falcons, Belichick bypassed. But before we get into that, we had Lane Johnson on yesterday. And I know there were a lot of people say, well, did Lane really say anything? And I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, my, my buddy TV Todd saw it. 
he watched the podcast and he said, listen, he goes, Lane explained the whole season in two phrases. And we, we didn't have an answer. The league adjusted to us and we didn't have an answer. And, and the fact that they got out scheme, like the fact that they were running and the Eagles were running an antiquated offense, the fact that the league figured their offense out and they had no counterpunch. That's basically what Lane said yesterday. And that, yeah. that to me is a damning statement. Well, Brian Johnson's gone. You know, they're looking for an offensive coordinator. Like they've got to fix it. And so the, the, the people that they were relying upon to fix it couldn't do it, couldn't adjust. And so I, I thought Lane laid it out perfectly. You can say, well, yeah. I wish these guys would just, you know, say something rather than – I don't think he was hiding behind anything. I don't um, either. I, I mean, they fired, they fired coaches. Coaches got fired, you know, and sometimes that's all you need to know. We need a, we need a different way. We need a better way. And we he need said a new it. the way. offense didn't adjust. If the offense doesn't adjust, that's, a, that's an indictment on the coaching staff. And that's basically yeah, well, where everything was pointed at. You know, this, this stuff, it, it gets some of these, the way that you describe a tailspin, um, you know, because it's happened many times before. Uh, it's not really what your record is. But, you know, like you brought up, because that they ran for 250 yards, uh, you know, early in the year against the Vikings and 200 yards against Tampa. And they couldn't, re- couldn't duplicate that. Well, okay. People said, well, we're going to play this style. We're going to play this front. We're going to play a six-man front, and we'll, we'll make you throw it. Yep. Right? That's what Lane said. We're going to make yep. you throw it. Like, he's up there yeah. in the line of scrimmage going, hey, man, there ain't a whole lot of lanes here. Like, we got to throw them out of yeah. this. Every gap, they, 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 they filled every gap at the line of scrimmage. And so they go, go ahead, Jalen, beat us. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of where they're at. And so, you know, if you're interviewing Cliff Kingsbury or Kellen Moore or all the guys that have come through NovaCare and you're looking for an answer, that's kind of, well, if this happens to us, what, what are you going to do? What, what's, yeah. what's our answer? How do you yeah. get the quarterback where he's not reading the rush and he's got his eyes down the field? And, oh, by the way, if your number one wide receiver, A.J. Brown, is out of the, the picture and he's injured, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to adjust? I mean, that's what that's what you've got. Like San Francisco last week loses Debo Samuel in the ninth play of the game. All right. Jawan Jennings steps up. Chris Conley caught three passes all year. He stepped up on the winning drive and caught a big play. Uh, the quarterback was struggling mightily for much of the game in Brock Purdy. It's the, the rain's coming down sideways. He's like the ball's not it's not as accurate as it used to be. What are you going to do to go win this game? And so. You you got to have these. You got to be able to adjust, and it's not halftime adjustments. You got to be able to adjust during a week. During you know, why wait to halftime to make an adjustment if you could do it early in the first quarter? If you see something, so those are some of the things. So it goes back to coaching, and this is going to lead us to Atlanta. And I, I got to tell you, I, I was shocked that the Falcons passed on Belichick. So we'll get into Raheem Morris and what he brings to the table with the Falcons, but let's go to Belichick for a second. There's two jobs left, Washington and Seattle. It appears Washington is looking at Ben Johnson, and I don't see Belichick in Seattle, especially when they just got rid of Pete Carroll. Yeah, I mean, because Pete can still coach, but they, they wanted probably let's get a younger, fresher approach in here to kind of build – our next championship, you know, Pete did it once, had a great decade plus. Let's go find somebody younger than that. That's kind of where this whole thing is going across the league right now. When you you look at Dave Canales, you look at Raheem, you look at some of these guys getting hired, they're going younger. And and so I can't – I'm with you. I can't see Seattle going, okay, Belichick's still available. What are we missing here? Well, you just had Pete Carroll. It's proven that he can still coach. Um you know, let's let's find. You know, they just lost their offense coordinator Shane Waldron, so we're going to need like a, a new set of eyes. We're going to need a, a new way to kind of build an approach to winning games right now. 
So and the, let's face it. Let's face it. Belichick's offense in New England was dreadful the last was. two years. Yeah. I mean, dreadful. And so you can say, well, you know, he, he brought in, uh, you know, Billy O'Brien. He did this. He tried that. Well, you know, the, the talent was dreadful. Some of the decision-making was, and the offense was unwatchable for most Sundays. Yeah. So people are going, well, what, what are you going to do to fix your offense and your approach? Tom Brady's not here dinking and dunking the running backs down the field with perfect precision passes and converting all these third downs like that, that approach, like you, is that, can you win with that approach with who, who can you win with that approach with? But you know, what's weird. It's like, what? So the emperor wears no clothes. Like Bell, Bill Belichick was a product of Brady and that was it. Like that's stuff that's hard to reconcile. The league is odd because the league does rarely rewards uh, any kind of 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 lengthy like older kind of ways, right? Like that experience of being in big games, all that stuff. It, it's odd because I, like we we talk about it all the time about Spags and how like Spags never got another coaching opportunity after the Rams. And and I shake my head all the time about it because of like what he's doing this year. You know, you're talking about the best defensive coordinator in the league and he doesn't get a sniff. He doesn't even get an interview anymore. Well, if you go back to last year, I mean, he's playing six rookies on defense. Six. They're starting four. Karloftis, McDuffie, Watson, they're start- Cook, they're starting four rookies on defense and winning a championship and basically shutting the Eagles out in the second half. Like, who brings along four rookies? Like, everybody wishes you could just go put four or six rookies out there on defense and get them NFL ready the way he did during the course of a season. It, it's remarkable. It is, but it, I go back to the experience thing. So is this it for Belichick, right? Like, because look, if he doesn't take a job this year, he's a year older. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're going to look at him as a year older. So is this it? Is Are we looking at the end of Belichick? Well, we saw the end of Don Shula. We saw the end of Tom Landry. Like Tom Landry was 60 years old when, you know, he was finished in Dallas or 63, you know, I mean, he was young, early sixties and Tom Landry, you know, 29 years in Dallas. That was it. You know, Jerry Jones came in, put him out, like said, you know, bum bright sold the team uh, in 1989. And that was it. It was over. Uh, Don Shula, you know, was on, I don't know. He won more games than anybody. Uh, Wayne Huizenga comes in, buys a team from Joe Robbie. Going to get a new guy in there. It's, we've seen Nin- the great 1996 man. It, it was the it was the end of Shula. Was 96, and then the I, end of Marino came a, a year later. Well, you, I you know I just I don't know how these interviews go. Like okay. What, do you, what what's your offense approach? Who's yeah. your coordinator? What what style of offense do you want to run? Do you believe in analytics? Like all these things, I would imagine would come up in an interview, all right? And you, you go, okay, the draft, who's got final say? Uh, personnel, who's got final say? I mean, all these things would come up in any interview. And I'm just wondering how that goes with with any owner. Like if you go, okay, Raheem most Raheem Morris. Versus Bill Belichick in Atlanta, let's say. Well, Arthur Blank, I mean, Raheem Morris coached in Atlanta a couple times. Yes. Uh, he was coaching wide receivers. He was coaching Julio Jones there yes. in Atlanta. Going, why is he on the offensive side of the ball? Next thing you know, he's taken over for Dan Quinn as the interim head coach. Um, I think they saw a lot from Raheem in the building every day. And you go, boy, I like his approach. I like his yeah, I think familiarity with, especially with a guy like Arthur Blank, I think that that means something when it comes to Raheem. Well, I I, I, I do think you learn a lot about somebody when they're coach, you know, when they're a position coach, 
when they're a coordinator, when they're an interim head coach, you see the approach, you see maybe the team improve. Uh, and I think that happened. I have to go back and check. But I, I believe Raheem finished pretty strong there. And look, they won a world championship with him in Los Angeles. He's got a he's got a pretty good resume and he's a lot younger. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not to knock Bill Belichick. I think he can still coach. It's got to be the right situation. And these things, you know, do you want to put Bill Belichick with Bryce Young in Carolina? Is that a good fit? I don't know. I, I they thought just- Atlanta made sense because Atlanta's got a good young defense, right? All they're missing is the quarterback. So you can go out and get a quarterback and you got Drake London, you got Pitts, you got Bijan. So you got weapons and you got a good young defense. Like to me, that's, that felt like a, a perfect kind of spot for Belichick. Do you think that, you know, I, I know that Belichick had hinted that he would didn't need the person final say on personnel, but you think that was an issue that maybe Arthur Blank's looking at him going, you know what? Uh, the personnel in New England at post Brady was terrible. Uh, I didn't like those decisions. And can you trust him to just coach and not, you know, stick his nose in personnel? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, you know, they, they hired Atlanta hired two disciples of Belichick to be the personnel director and Thomas Dimitrov. I know. I mean, they know they're, they're very familiar with how Bill operates from those two guys yeah. and how they Set everything from how they set their draft board to how they scouted to how they started accumulating information on players, um, trading certain players. I, I think they got a, I think Arthur Blank and uh, the people in Atlanta got a pretty good feel for how he operates. But look, he, he had two two interviews to basically woo them, yeah. and it wasn't enough. I guess, you know what, shame on me, because I'm thinking that Atlanta has to woo the hoodie, not the other way around, but they went, no, we're going to go with Raheem. See you, Bill. That's that's wild. All right, let's focus our attention on Sunday. And we got to talk about what Patrick Mahomes has done in the playoffs. All right. So much was made that he had to go on the road. And like, oh, my God, first road game for Patrick Mahomes. And look what he does. He goes out and he plays a gem in Buffalo. He's the clearly the better quarterback. Look at his playoff stats. You were talking about this morning, right? 16 games, so it's a full season. Yeah. 4,561 yards, 38 touchdowns. Seven interceptions. He's also had five rushing touchdowns and 443 rushing yards. I mean, are you kidding me? That's his playoff stats. Well, it's not just playoff stats, but it is, it's an MVP season in the postseason. Like, if you put those stats up of 38 yeah. touchdowns, seven interceptions, 4,500 yards, he's the MVP. Yeah. You're 13-3. You're, you're the MVP in the postseason when you're going up against the very best yes. of the best. And every game you go up, you're seeing the best defense, the best coordinators, the best game planning against you. And in the postseason when you're not seeing any tomato cans, you're you're just seeing teams that are worthy of being there. They, they got there because of coaching and personnel and how they – and all that. And, oh, okay, you're down 24 nothing against Tennessee – and you, you, you score 35 straight points. And he's heard on the sideline by the TV cameras, all we need is one. All we need is one score at 24 nothing, And one led to five. Like, his play in the second half of the Super Bowl a year ago against the Eagles, they never – they had four straight scoring possessions. They couldn't get him leg. off the like, like, he badly turns his ankle right before halftime. And then he comes back and he's half hobbling and he's doing whatever he wants. Well, Andy Reid, you know, like he, you know, in the, in the playoff game leading up to that, like Andy Reid's taking him off the field and he's slamming his helmet into the ground about, I'm okay. I can play through this. It's okay. You know, and then he's tweaking that ankle right before halftime last, 
last year. And Andy's like, we better find a different approach. Our quarterback can barely walk. And there he goes out there and he makes every play, every play imaginable. So I got to ask you, because listen, you played a long time. You've been an analyst for a long time. And obviously, you know, Brady is the GOAT, and we've seen Brady year in, year out. We talk about all these guys, the legends, right? Montana, you know, Marino, Elway, Peyton. Dude, this recency bias aside, is Mahomes the greatest? I mean, I mean, I know it's him and Brady, but, like, when you look at those numbers and what he's done – I, I, it's it's mind-boggling. What, what, well, how, do you, how do you reconcile I it? I know it's a totally different era, but if you put up Brady, Aikman, Montana, Bradshaw, and look at them in the postseason and look at their, their records, look at their numbers, I mean, if he wins his game Sunday in Baltimore, or if the Chiefs win the game, not him, but if the Chiefs win the game, he's going to his fourth Super Bowl yeah. in seven years. Like, you, everybody's trying to get to two. All right, they're trying to get to two Super Bowls and, tr- and try to get, you know, Mannings. You know, they're trying – every player is trying to get to two Super Bowls. Like, he's going to go to four, and he's – I don't know if he's turned 30 yet. I, I – I, you know, the thing about him, first of all, I, he's impossible not to love, right? Like, because he plays the game and that position with so much joy. Like, mm-hmm. the joy that he plays with – you know, it's it's all, like I I love his personality. Like really, he he's not overly like Brady. Brady would undress you. He can undress you with a stare. Mahomes is different, and Mahomes has that kind of joyful way he plays the game, and he makes every throw, and it feels like every decision he makes is right. I mean, I. I like I, I love, I love just the way he goes about it. Yeah, the approach is is a Hall of Fame approach. I mean, he, he, he lifts everybody up. Uh, he's an extension of Andy. Like he still calls, you know, Andy like coach. Like he's still Coach Reed. Yeah. Like it's still yeah. like the, the respect factor that he has. Yes. Yeah, the respect that he had for Alex Smith his rookie year and how he helped him. And how he helped them, you know, the, the the professional approach to the NFL. Like, he's constantly, like, I remember I did this. He, he never, if I do some crazy good uh, video on him and something that he just did, um, he'll never respond. But if I do something on Jet McKinnon or Trey Smith, like, he'll, he, and I, and, like he'll he'll immediately like you know plug that guy and make sure that they get the right credit from him. Yeah. Whatever. You know, like like I remember um, we were getting ready. They're they're opening up with Cleveland a couple of years ago, and I was down in the field, and I, I see him before the game, and we're just kind of shooting uh, shooting the breeze, and he goes, "Hey, you been checking out my rookie right guard?" I go, "You are talking about Trey Smith?" He goes, "Baldy, the dude." has got a howitzer of a right hand. Nobody can beat him. Like, you just – so, I like, he makes you, like, watch. And, like, I'm just, he's telling you, like, this yeah. kid's special. And he was. Him and Creed, like, they played every game together since they came in. Yeah, see, it's ridiculous. So, I'll ask you, right? So, we saw Brady and that incredible comeback in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, the whole thing. If you're down and you need to drive, who you got? I mean, why wouldn't you take Mahomes? Like, who, who, who you're gonna, who you gonna, who you gonna put in front of him if you need that final drive to go win a game? Are you taking anybody else but Mahomes? Like, it's like that's that's the conversation starts and ends right there. I, it does because look, he could also help you with his legs, which Brady couldn't, and he makes every throw. And he's got the, the he has every feel like he's got the feel of it. He's he's remarkable. And look, the, the Chiefs are an underdog, but he and that offense. And look, I know that they've gone to Pacheco, and we'll we'll dive into it a little bit more. But you, the reason why you go this isn't a, you know a Lamar lock 
is because you don't you don't know what what, what Mahomes has in store. You don't. I, I went back and watched uh, the Rams and the Ravens back in Week 14. Yeah. And the Rams went to overtime. They put up 31 points, and I, I so I'm going back and I'm watching a game. Literally, the Rams ran the ball to start the game nine straight plays in a row. Went right down the field, kicked a field goal, got, got it on the board. But that's kind of set the tempo for how they were able to do it. Stafford made a couple of amazing throws. Um, they got a touchdown to Cooper Cup in the end zone, which it, it, it's just a perfect throw against great coverage. You're gonna need you're gonna need your quarterback. You need Mahomes to beat this Ravens defense. You're gonna need him at his very best. Like even if he makes a mistake or he throws interception. It could happen, but you're going to need him at the end of the day. I'm going to go back and watch this uh, tape right here on this very same computer. And it's, there's going to be five throws where you're just going to shake your head. Just going to shake your head. Like last week, he threw a touchdown pass last week with a no look, look in the end zone. Now I asked quarterbacks about it this week. Cause I said, have you ever, have you ever done that in a game where you're literally looking like this and you're throwing like that? And they're like, no, I'm too scared. I'd have been too scared to do it. Like, not only is he not too scared, like it, it, he's looking at Kelsey and he's throwing it in the end zone to the open receiver. I mean, it's just, it's like, you, you, you know, we, we, love, we love to watch that play against the Ravens back when he was young yeah. and making that throw, but he's doing it in playoff games. Yeah. To throw touchdown passes. He has that level of confidence. You know, yeah, we've talked a lot about that Stafford game because, you know, the only way you can really beat the Ravens matchup zone is if your quarterback is just money. So we know that Mahomes can do that. Now the issue is going to be, can his receivers catch it? <laughs> because that's going to be the, the biggest issue with that offense and beating the Ravens because like, what you said – and, and you were spot on. The way to beat the Ravens is you got to extend plays, which is check with Mahomes, and your quarterback has to be you know pinpoint accurate, which is check with Mahomes. But can the receivers? Can their receivers step up? Like to me, that oh. that that's going to be the difference in the game. Well, um, so you saw um, Marcus Valdez Scantling last week catch two. Uh, one was a 30-yarder in the third quarter. Like that it was a ball big... caught him. That okay. ball was on the mud. How about that ball? He stuck it right over yeah. the shoulder pads. Fair enough. But still, it's a you know, it was a chunk play, and you're gonna yeah. need chunks. You need yeah. 30 yards like that. But I, I trust I, I think he completely trusts Rasheed Rice. I think there's no question about Kelsey and what he's still able to do, yeah. what he did last week. Um you know, I think, you know, they're going to play without their left guard, Joe Tooney. People go, all right, Allegretti comes in there. But still, um, I never saw Tooney miss a, miss a snap since he came in there in free agency a couple of years ago. Uh, remember, they literally lost the Super Bowl to Tampa. And they literally fixed their offensive line in a matter of, like, minutes like, they went out and drafted Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. They got Tooney in free agency, and they traded for Zeus. And in literally one offseason, they fixed their entire offensive line. All right. So let's dive deeper into this game. The real it, fascinating matchup. And you and I are geeks. Listen, we do this podcast because we're geeks. We're NFL freaks. We love football. All right, listen, we all love going to games. I love it. That's what we do. We're sports fans. So whether it's football or basketball, baseball's coming, hockey, or could be concerts, theater, you name it. The only thing is it's the hassle of getting the tickets, right? How many times? Oh, my God, the nightmare scenarios. I got the solution. It's called the Game Time app. Download it to your phone. Complete game changer, the Game Time app. One of the features I love is that I actually can see the vantage point from the seats that I purchase. 
So it'll give you wherever venue it is. You can actually see the vantage point from your seats. It's amazing. They also are obsessed with saving you money when it comes to tickets. So they have last minute deals that you can always get. They have these zone deals. So if you just pick the section, they'll pick the row and the seats and you can save an average of 18%. And by the way, you're not going to beat them. But if you do, if you find uh, tickets that are cheaper, they're going to refund you the difference, 110% of the difference. So you got to check out the Game Time app. They also have event protection. All right, so if there's any kind of cancellation, they have job loss protection. So they got you covered in every different way. Game Time app changes the way we buy tickets. Check it out. All right. The game time app, use the code all NFL, A-L-L, NFL, 20 bucks off your first purchase. You can't beat it. 20 bucks off your first purchase. A-L-L, NFL, the game time app. They are obsessed with saving you money. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. The battle of the DCs. The battle of Spags v. McDonald and the difference. We just got done talking about the Baltimore matchup zone. You got Spags who plays that pressure defense. Jim Johnson disciple, the whole thing. This def defensive matchup, the battle of these DCs, these coordinators, is going to be incredible. The game is going to tilt in, in the play calling of these two coordinators that, that that's that's where this game is that's where literally when you're looking at you know the cameras here cbs cameras catching the action of this game it's going to be spags and his sheet mcdonald it's going to be back and forth yeah um and then the quarterbacks the quarterbacks and how they how they play to it so i don't think like people are like well you can't you can't blitz mahomes well you have to you have to change it up you can't yeah. just sit there and play matchup man Baltimore it's their game they, they love to add a fifth rusher um because usually their fifth rusher is either Queen or it's Hamilton or Troquan so you're mm -hmm. gonna get a guy that has speed and agility uh that can change directions so you're gonna get those you're gonna get those blitzes but what they play behind it, it that's not gonna change how they're going to match up with you, how they're going to play their zones, how they're going to have ball. all eyes on the yeah. quarterbacks. Like, I don't think Mike McDonald has to change for, or tweak very much. Um, but I think Spags, though, has got his hands full. Because we saw Lamar carve up the blitz last week, and we thought that could be a weakness of his. I but can't believe you said, real quick, the, the, I can't believe you said this, because I was texting with Spags last night, and we were talking about Lamar, and he's just like, he's a handful. <laughs> so you said he has his hands full. And yeah. Spag said about Lamar, he's a handful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, he's got. He, he's a handful. He's a handful. Because if you spy, let's just say you spy Lamar, okay, the way they spy Josh Allen um, in week 14. And you put, say – Willie Gay or Nick Bolton, whoever you want to choose. Well, Lamar is faster than all those guys. Whoever the spy is, he's faster than them. So is that a good way to do it? Do you spy him with two guys and then take all these guys out of coverage to, like, limit Lamar? Well, you might change up like that every once in a while, but that's not – you know, you're, you're really going to leave yourself hung out to dry with Odell Beckham or Zay Flowers or – if Mark Andrews plays or Isaiah likely. So, and then you go, what are you going to do? I mean, like just the approach. I mean, okay, if you, if you blitz him with McDuffie coming off the slot, um, what is, what's Lamar going to, what's his answer to that? All right. Well, they've had a pretty good answer. I, I don't know. We're not going to know what Spags is going to do until literally after the game. And we go back and watch it. I don't even know if you're going to know what he's doing in real time and how they're going to handle it. Because I think he's got to he's got to give them so many different looks. I remember uh, one time when the Eagles went up to play Tom Brady and the Patriots in 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 their primes, and literally Jim Johnson had gave Tom Brady a different front to look at each quarter, 
What he played in the second quarter was different than the first quarter. What he did in the third quarter was different than the second quarter. And I almost feel like Spags might have two or three different game plans that he can throw at Lamar just to try to keep him guessing and keep Todd Munkin guessing about what he's doing, how he's coming after him. He's going to come after him with speed to quicken and speed up the, the, the approach that Lamar has. But you don't really know how Lamar is going to respond. I mean, he's such a um, – his approach to the game is so different than everybody else's because he's not – he has not been programmed to, like, slide to the pocket, do this. Like, that's not his – his game is such a free-flowing game. You really don't know how he's going to respond. Well, it's been – you know, part of the season, it's been amazing because it's almost been a confluence – of strong quarterback mechanics and play, like, and his freewheeling. It's like a melding of the two, right? Like, he he's reading it, what he's seeing. He's processing it fast. He's making the correct reads, but he's also implementing his own flair and, you know, th- that, you know, freewheeling kind of way you go out and play. Yeah, like it's a it's an incredible marriage as to as and it's 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 even more pronounced than Mahomes, right? Like it's even more freewheeling than Mahomes. It is. It is. There's structure. There's structure because you need structure, and that. But then there's this ability to just play beyond the X's and O's. Okay, this is the the pattern right here. We're going to run this smash route concept with. Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers. And oh, by the way, if they jump that, Lamar, if you if you climb the pocket right here on the backside, you know, you've got this check down over here, uh, you know, to Justice Hill, whatever it might be. Um, it, 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 it's hard to take all the options away. What you, what you hope is that the pressure that you can apply can get Lamar to put the ball on the ground, um, to throw... Uh, you know, get a tip ball interception. I mean, that's what both defenses yeah. are trying to do. Like, yeah. just take a possession away one way or the other and, and give the other team good field position. Yeah, and you're going to be when – you, when you rush him, you got to be careful because, you know, he'll burn you. But, like, if you're swatting at him and you're going to be – like, you can see, like – and Spags loves to do this against mobile quarterbacks where you're just swatting at him, right? Like, you're kind of mush-rushing them – and you're just constantly swatting at the football. All the, all, I mean, all those things um, are up, are up, and in play. I don't think that. I mean, the, the one thing that's that it, it looks like it's difficult to do to Lamar now is you can't fool him. You can't throw some of these trap defenses at him and think that you're just yeah. going to put the cheese out there and he's just going to take it. Like I. Like he's he's seeing the field better than that right now, and that's I mean, it's an unbelievable job. I mean, I can't believe Todd Munkin honestly isn't going anywhere with what he's done with Lamar. Like I can see Todd Munkin, you know, with Caleb Williams, with Drake May, with you know Jaden Daniels, whatever. Like totally. I, I can see yeah. him with a rookie quarterback going. All right, this is how we're going to get things started. This is. Like, I remember being at training camp early on, like, first week of August in Baltimore last year. And, you know, okay, Todd Bunkett comes out of Georgia. He's coordinated in the NFL. Like, he's got – and here's Lamar. All right. Um, a, how do we keep Lamar healthy for 18 weeks, 19 weeks, 20 weeks? How do we keep him healthy? Well, they did all that. But then I'm just – okay, what, what, what is going to be different? Okay, short passes, long runs, West Coast principles. You know, reading triangles. Okay. All right. Uh, how are you going to incorporate Lamar into the run game? Okay. Well, he's averaging six yards a carry. Oh, like check, 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 check. But you, you can't do it all in three weeks of training camp. It's like it, it's like the thing just keeps growing. Yeah. Like I don't think we've seen the best of Lamar with, with what Todd Munkin is doing. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him like that's why the like the second half of the season he he's just been ridiculous. I mean, obviously now I do love that that organization and you you're very close to it. It's a very well run organization, and like you look at the personnel and 
like Zay Flowers was a great addition. And then you, you look at uh, tight end. Like, I thought once they lost Mark Andrews that it, it would really disrupt their offense. But Likely comes in, and he's as good a weapon. And then they got Charlie Kolar. I mean, like, you know, it, well, it, the way they're back. built is impressive. Look up the 2022 draft yeah. by Baltimore. They had six yeah. fourth-round picks. Yeah. And two of them are tight ends. And Charlie yeah. Kolar out of Iowa State and Isaiah Likely. And if you look, I mean, both those tight ends have been on the field a lot ever since, uh, you know, Mark Andrews got injured. And you go, okay, you take away the number one read, the number one option of Lamar, and now here's Likely. Here's Kolar. And, oh, by the way, um, they have been playing off and on without their two starting tackles that nobody, Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley, and playing, whether it's Daniel Falele or whether Patrick McCarry, nobody even talks about that. Any other organization, your two tackles are going down in and out of the lineup. You go, well, this is why we're struggling. We, we, we get healthy. But they're playing eight offensive linemen every week. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And then, and then, by the way, in that draft, in that draft of 2022, here's Kyle Hamilton and here's Tyler Linderbaum. Like, I mean, we're talking about two Pro Bowl players in their second year. Yeah, there's a lot of people that that were that passed on Kyle Hamilton. A lot of teams, and I, I we're all shaking our head. Like, what's wrong with a six three safety who can run? And I know he didn't run at the combine, but if you just put a tape on at Notre Dame, you go, that's a football player. Well, it, it, he is, and he and but it's the way that they incorporate him. It's the perfect defense for him. He yeah. has freelance ability. You, he, he can line up anywhere. To, you know, if you want to give you a, a cover two shell or cover four look, like he can be in the back end. But his ability and his length, whether it's matching up with your tight end or blitzing or just, you know, being in the curl flat zone, like he just has this multiplicity to him where they're taking advantage of his length, ball skills, tackling. Like, it's the perfect fit with how they play him. I don't know that if he was in a more structured, different style of defense, that he'd have the same effectiveness. All right, there's one guy I got a funny feeling that's going to play a bit of a role. I'm going to throw it at you. Because he came in last week and iced the game. He's got fresh legs. Dalvin Cook which I thought was an under-the-radar signing. Hmm. I mean, I don't... I mean, I'm he, talking he, a little bit of a role, you know. Yeah, run well, the I mean, look, it, it, in order for Dalvin to have... Like, they're going to run Gus Edwards as a starter, Justice Hill. Yep. All right? They've earned their spots. Dalvin could have a role, but this it, it, it takes a lot of plays. they got to sustain offense to get Dalvin on the field. So he can be, but, you know, if you're just, I don't know, if, if, if you have 58 plays at the end of the day, he's probably not going to play a big role. If you have 72 plays, you he might have a bigger role. Agreed. I, and I'm just bringing him up as a bit player who could play. Like, like, he, like he, he got the Lions here to carry the last two drives. Yeah, well, I mean, the game was out of reach. You know, I mean, well, the no, game was- but it was it was like, hey, let's ice the game, the whole thing. I and I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, I look at him and he's still got life in his legs. Yeah, I, well, look, I just I could see it. That's all. Yeah. Well, he, he had 93 carries as a member of the New York Jets before they released him. Um, he gets a couple carries at the end of the game in Houston. He has the longest carry of the season, 19 yards. So, and he's been there a couple of weeks now. I'm sure he knows the offense. He knows the protections and all that. They're probably a lot more comfortable putting him on the field to, uh, this Sunday than they were even last week or week 18 or week 17. I think he came in week 17. So, um, he's played very little, but, you know, he's practiced almost for a month now. So, I can see a bigger role. 
if, if they sustain enough offense to get them on the field. Yep. All right. Let's cut, cut through it. Who do you like? Who wins? Uh, it, I'm, like, I think, like, I'm going to go. I, I thought Baltimore was the best team all year. So, I know it's the postseason and it's Mahomes' time, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Ravens. I just think they've been a better all-around team. Yeah. Start to finish. And when they had the toughest part of their schedule against San Francisco and Miami, like, they just – Blew those teams out. Like, I just think this is their time. It's their year. It's Lamar's time. Like, I expect the Ravens to come out on top. All right, let's go to the NFC. And what about you, Buzz? What's that? What about you? You know, I, I everything you just said makes a lot of sense. And I, I want to lean so badly Ravens in that sense, but I, I, I can't. The Chiefs, until you beat them, uh, until those guys lose a big game, I'll ride with Mahomes, Andy, and Spags. Okay. Now, you know, part of it is like knowing those that knowing those guys so well, uh, they're tough to beat. I think it's going to be one of those epic games, but I'll go Kansas City. Okay. All right, NFC. If you ask me 10 minutes from now, I could change my mind, too. I know. Well, that's why. Well, like, full transparency, I ask you, and normally, you know me, if I love something, I'll start it with my opinion and then go get your opinion. But because it's such a ridiculously tough game to pick – you know, I go, oh, you like. So I just passed the buck to you, brother. So well, I just wonder, like, it's it's supposed to it's supposed to rain, yeah, the whole time. So I like, I don't know if I know security, like, it, you know, all that stuff that can happen in those kind of conditions, if it affects the game, affects players, ball security, you know, ball slipping out of somebody's hands, like all these things, you know, sloppy field to kick. Like all those things can swing when the weather can affect a game. Yeah, it's 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 going to be incredible, and that's why I, ultimately, when you put the gun to my head, I go, I'm going to go with the guys I trust that have always been there, and you know, I actually think that works in the Chiefs' favor. The weather. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know how you factor that in. I I, I really yeah. don't. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the NFC. And this one's a little bit more, I think, clear cut in that San Francisco is going to score. It, it's going to be a matter of can the Lions match it? Can the Lions slow the game down and give you longer drives, run the ball, bleed a little clock? Because I don't see how the the Niners don't score. Well, I'm with you. I mean, their offense is is dynamic. I think McCaffrey is the guy that we're going to talk about at the end of this game. Um, You know, to see the the 39-yard touchdown run of his, the six-yard game-winning touchdown, like, he's built for this. Like, this is the perfect offense. He knows where these – how he's – where the splits are in the run game. I mean, I can see him getting 25 touches in this game, even more than that, uh, especially if Debo is any kind limited. Um, I just am amazed, honestly, after two years of all the doubters about Brock Purdy that are out there. Maybe you have to go win this game and be convincing to, to, to win them over. Not that they make any bit of difference at all, in any of the analysis, but I'm just amazed that if you're an, an analyst and you watch this stuff every week, how you can't be overly impressed by everything this kid does from his poise to his, the, the guts that he plays with, to his lack of fear, to his ball placement, to the ability to extend plays, the touchdown to Kittle last week, rolling out to his right, um, spotting him and, you know, and throwing a perfect throw to finish the, the play. Like, I, I, I don't know how you could still be, but maybe you just have to win a championship game in order to convince people 
You know what it is too? In, in fairness, when you, how much time did you and I spend looking at his tape, right? He looks so much better on tape. Like when you start to slow things down and you look at it from his angle, you look at how he's executing Shanahan's offense. Like when you watch the tape, you go, oh my God, he looks looks terrific. I, I think he's a player that looks looks better that way. Mm. Well, I, I just think people have this Mr. Irrelevant thing in their head. Like you can't be the last pick in the seventh round and be this good. Yeah. You know, there's, 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 there, that, I mean, the, the, the thing, the thought process is Shanahan, Shanahan covers up all his flaws with his system. Well, I got, I got to tell you, I don't care what system it is. I don't care what playbook you're playing out of. Like you have to convert third downs. You got to make these throws in the middle of the field. You, you know, you pull out five plays out of any, any game. I don't care. Blown out the Cowboys or blown out the Eagles, whatever game you want to pick. You're going to find these throws where you go, nobody can do it. You can't make a throw any better than this. Um, the 17-yard the, the seven cut to Chris Conley last week on timing on the final drive of the game to win the game, you can't throw it any better. You can't put it in a better place than he did um, to a kid that, you know, has caught three passes all year. So, but that, but that's where you're at. So, you know, people asked me this week, you asked me, you know, who do you trust more in this game? I said Jared Goff just because of his experience. Like, if Jared Goff takes care of the football, he's going to have a good game. The, like, there's – I saw Kirk Cousins have good games against San Francisco. I saw Joe Burrow have a good game against him. I saw Lamar. Like, I've seen quarterbacks have great games against the 49er defense. So, there's – you know, I saw Ambry Thomas struggle like hell against Jordan Love last week. You know, I got to believe that Detroit's going to go after him in a variety of ways and yep. see how he plays. So to your point, I think both these teams are going to move the football and have success. Well, I, I mean, the Lions offense. Well, I mean, it's, it's, real, it's, it's really good. You know, I mean, Laporta, La, Laporta finishes it, right? Like you got the two backs, Montgomery and Gibbs, and they complement each other so well. And Gibbs out of the backfield and Montgomery between the tackles. He could also catch it. They, you got St. Brown, who's a legit number one, number one. Uh, you got Josh Reynolds, veteran, can sit and find space. Laporta, I think, completes it. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, his ability to, to get open, uh, clutch plays, runs after the catch. Like, he's a handful. He's just a handful. I mean, he's just – he looks to me like he's the next Travis Kelsey, if there can be such a thing like if i if i had to pick any player in this league including kittle you go this could be the next travis kelsey you'd look at sam laporta and you know we we all knew last year from the senior bowl on it was going to be a, a dynamic tight end class yeah uh, and, and, it, and it has been but this guy looks to be the, he's just so smooth in and out of his breaks his route running his hands catch the ball in traffic like he's He's an incredible. He's an incredible rookie. They they got that pick right. And look, I think he was the fourth or fifth tight end taken in the draft last year. Like he's he looks better than all of them to me. Kincaid, Musgrave, Kraft, like all the guys that got taken, he looks more special than anybody. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but that's going to be, you know, the Lions are going to need to give you sustained drives. I, I think. I mean, ultimately. Well, I think because ultimately, if you if it comes down, if you if you trust both these offenses, which clearly we do, right? It's going to come down to who's the better defense and who can get a stop and who can get a turnover. And I, I you know, as much as we've seen San Francisco get beat in the back end, they're still the team that that I think can make uh, more stops. Well, I don't I don't discount that. Um, I'm curious about the two head coaches and Campbell and Shanahan. Shanahan's always going to have that tag, always, that what's he like in big games? I mean, going back to the collapse against the Patriots, it's not – it just – it has traveled with him. Yeah. So, 
and, and look, it's 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 something all head coaches have to deal with until you yeah. win the big one. Like they'll always pick you apart. You're always going to get picked apart. And people question whether he was aggressiveness. Aggressiveness was he aggressive enough against Green Bay until the final drive? And you can argue that he wasn't at the end of the first half. And like th- those are all fair arguments, whether it's right or not. Um, he hears the noise. He hears it. His dad hears the noise. So, you know, his dad heard the noise for a long time until he broke through with Elway in Denver. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's just uh, one of those, uh, which is, it's just an argument that is always going to travel because this is what we do as talking heads and analysts and all that kind of stuff. And so Dan Campbell has been ultra aggressive. It's been his nature and does that at the end, is that the approach that you have to have in order to win these type of games? Big balls dead, right? Yeah. Like that's when it comes down. And yeah, we'll see if there's any Shanahan shrinkage. That's kind of that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll just put it like who's got the bigger onions, yeah. you know, in, in that type <laughs> of a spot right now. Um, but sometimes, though, in fairness, and, and I love Dan Campbell, I do. But in fairness, like we've seen that backfire. We saw him go forward at times, which did not make a lot of sense. The game where he gets ripped off against the Cowboys, where they should have won the game, and they the two point conversion gets called back. There's the penalty. He still goes for two, just kick the extra point in that spot. So sometimes it's backfired on him. It has, but I think overall it's a big part of why they're where they're at right now yeah. is because of that approach. And you have to live with the you have to live with uh, the ones that backfire, and you just have to go. This is we're not going to change who we are. This is how we're going to win. We we you you have to have big onions to win big games, and so you 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 test it out in Dallas. You know, in a big spot, you go, okay, fourth and, you know, we'll go for two from the seven-yard line. We, we don't care. Like, this is we're, – we're not going to stop trying to win games when we have a chance to win them. And whether you could have gone to overtime and won it. But I, I think that's become part of their DNA. The, the team expects him to, in those spots, to dial up that type of an aggressive move. All right. Well, it's come down to that time. Who you like, Baldy? Uh, I've been trying to talk myself out of making the the call for a Detroit upset, and I right. keep going back and forth. But I'm going to take the 49ers because I, I believe in – after they lost three in a row in the middle of the season, I felt like they got on track, and it was a complete approach – by everybody on that organization to this is a commitment to win a Super Bowl. And I and I'm gonna stay with San Francisco, just being around that team more than I've been around Detroit this year. I'm gonna go with the 49ers in another nail biter like last week because I, I feel like the players, they've had a lot of players that have gotten close. A lot of these guys were in that, you know, Super Bowl. They, they've been in, you know, these type of games, championship games. Um, and I think that I think that matters. Now, rookie kicker in a big spot, uh, you know, like you don't really love being in that spot if you have to go with Jake Moody to go win a game. But I'm going to take the 49ers just because I think they're wired the right way to win championship games. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take San Fran. I, and again, it has to do with more. I, I, I just think the matchup against the Detroit defense. And, and look, I like the front, and you know, we talk about Hutch and the whole thing, but I, I think that back end is a little vulnerable uh, against San Francisco. So I think they're a little, just a little bit more dependable when it comes to moving the ball. I'll take the Niners too. I, I would love to see Detroit win. I would love to, for that city that's a great football town, it's a great sports town for years, you know, nothing except Barry. So I would love to see the Lions get to the Super Bowl. I yeah. just think the Niners win the game. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think 
the 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 Lions, you know, sometimes I don't know. They belong where they're at right now, and they will. You know, Jared Goff is California kid. He's coming back. Like you know, he was. Cal. He's been yeah. excellent. He's been excellent. He's been excellent in this postseason. Um, I think he'll play really well. I don't think San Francisco, they don't, they actually don't do a lot defensively. You kind of know what they're going to do. They just are really good at what they do. Uh, I don't think he's going to be fooled by much. You just got to beat a team that is very, very talented, that plays the game really, really hard, and they play really fast. I think the effort, both teams play with tremendous effort. And I think that's going to be the hallmark of this game is the effort that both teams play with. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. All right, my brother, listen, you enjoy the game. All right. You're going to be in Baltimore. I know it's going to be a a lot of fun. So enjoy these games on Sunday. We only got three left. I want to cry. Let's, let's, uh, let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it for everything that it gives us. And, uh, you know, at the end, hopefully when we come back and, you know, reconvene on Monday, we're talking about Championship Sunday being something that we're going to remember a long time. Yep. Amen, brother. All right. Uh, Listen, everybody, enjoy Sunday. Uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football on Sunday. We love you for Baldy. Cuz, we'll see you Monday to talk about it. (laughs) 